Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, listeners. It's Richard, Take the Black Live show producer here, reminding you once again that we stream and record this podcast right here every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, and 10 p.m. British Summertime on the WinterIsComing.net Facebook and YouTube page. So make sure you search WinterIsComing.net, all one word, on Facebook or YouTube. Give us a follow, hit subscribe, and make sure you turn on notifications so you know when we go live. And you could drop in to chat with Dan, Mia, and the rest of our viewers. We hope to see you there. Thank you for your your time. Let's get on with the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Take the Black Live, the only show on the internet where we talk about things that matter like space lasers, dragons, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones, and such things as this. I am Dan Selke, the editor of WintersComing.net, and we are here with Mia Johnson, editor of DorksideOfTheForce.com. And here with a special guest, Chelsea Zakowski. Chelsea, what brings you to our fine podcast this 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 noon? Um, I'm here to talk about the Bad Batch. So really excited about that. Yeah, yes. yeah, the Bad Batch is the brand new um, animated Star Wars show that just uh, premiered last night. And before we do it though, before we um, dive into the Bad Batch, we're also going to talk about House of the Dragon later. There's some really cool new stills breaking from the Game of Thrones prequel show. We'll go over some of the giant Marvel things that are coming out and thanks everyone for joining us. Hey Lamont, hey Julie, hey Christian. We will be talking about all of it. But first, before before we get going, let's have a brief word from um, our beloved sponsor. You're in a wood. It's dark overgrown and crowded with angry brambles and thorns that bite and pierce. If only you had a weapon to cut through the oppressive thicket and let the forest breathe again. And now you do, with the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Trusted by millions of men worldwide, Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your sensitive grooming needs. If you're interested in joining the Brotherhood of the Forest Clearing, we have an exclusive offer. 20% 20% off, plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. And the Mighty Lawnmower isn't the only thing Manscaped has to offer. There's also Manscaped Deodorant to keep the sacred forest fragrant, and also Manscaped Toner to make sure it's never not toned. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code FANSIDED20. All right. Wasn't that fun? Okay. Um, Mia, you are Dorks at the Force Editor, so you're the Star Wars expert here. So, yeah, you're the expert. Chelsea, you are a giant Star Wars fan as well. And I am kind of a Star Wars newbie, so I'm going to turn over to Mia. Go away. Let, 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 let's, let's talk about The Bad Batch. Yeah, awesome. I got distracted because I saw something moving. It's like a, a tiny little spider. It won't harm me. <laughs> what if I freak what? out? You know what's Here? going on. Where? 
no on my wall. It's oh. like, I was like, wait, behind me. <laughs> Nobody panic. It's just me. Okay, let's get into the real Star Wars. I'll be fine. Um, so, yeah, I was going to just ask Chelsea right out the gate because this is the animated world. And some people are into it and some people, you know, are a little more disconnected. Uh, how would you describe the Bad Batch to people who maybe are not necessarily super familiar with the Clone Wars and everything that goes on with the animated series? Um, I would say that obviously it is animated, but it has such like heart and it has the like excitement and the like complexity of I guess your typical Star Wars movie or even like, you know, the Mandalorian. Um so, and I'm actually fairly new new to, I guess, binging all of the animated uh, shows. Mm-hmm. So I've only done that in the last like couple of years. Um, so I did not watch them like as they came out and everything, but um, they're just, I mean, they're just wonderful. And the Bad Batch just like, it really, it connects both of them um, mm-hmm. in so many ways. Um, I think, I think a lot of people talk about how, both like the Clone Wars and Rebels, they kind of start out as um, more light and they're just like fun. And it's definitely like, oh, this is like a kid show, like things mm-hmm. like that. And still entertaining. But um, and then as you get into both of those series, like they get a little darker. They're like complex. You're like, oh, wow, this is this is like, you know, heartbreaking, but also just so many feelings. Um, and I feel like the Bad Batch like does not play around as soon as it starts, you're like, oh my goodness, like this is this is not just like your kid Star Wars show. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I find that, you know, kind of whole kids show thing. I, it's a little funny. I mean, like we're here three adults <laughs> talking about this show right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it, it speaks to... I've always felt like these shows have like different layers and I'm still getting used to them as well. But to me, it feels like there is something for children, which is, I mean, at its base, what Star Wars has always been. Um, but then these also have this avenue to provide, like you were talking about these sort of emotional moments, the emotional depth that you might not get um, when it comes to the series. Like just me watching the Clone Wars season seven, which I guess it's not a huge spoiler alert. Um, you know, like the transition from Anakin to Vader. Um, and it was so much more bittersweet because it was like you were watching that whole progression of him, you know, be friends with Obi-Wan and loving Padme and Ahsoka and all that. Um, so yeah, I, w- I was going to ask Dan, how do you feel about, you know, the, <laughs> yes, bring a surprise question on you already about, you know, this distinction between, you know, what is a kid show and, and, um, uh, you know, is this for adults and and all of that in animation? I think there are definitely, uh, you know, shows that are made with kids in mind that can be enjoyed for all ages. The part of, like for me, the thing I always think about is like Miyazaki movies, like uh, Spirited mm-hmm. Away or My Neighbor Totoro, like designed, yes, kind of for kids, but they tap into something kind of uh, universal. I think you can really yeah. enjoy for everybody. And I, 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 and I think Star Wars does that. My problem with Star Wars isn't so much that it's like not hitting the universal button so much as that I feel sometimes a little um, marketed to, uh, depending on the the movie or show I'm watching. Like we're talking about kid stuff. I watched the premiere of The Bad Batch and mm-hmm. I wasn't, I mean, and I'd never seen, I, I'd never seen Clone Wars. Um, I was catching, and I was catching up with these characters and it seemed kind of entertaining. 
that little like kid insert character, like the 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 Omega. youngin on the Camino Clone <laughs> Factory, um, felt a little uh, sidekick Moppet. Um, let's have like a child self insert here to kind of balance out the gruffness of the rest of them. Probably my least favorite part of the premiere, but I do think at its best, Star Wars has the capability, absolutely the capability to hit that sort of, you know, truly for all ages thing, which Mm -hmm. is hard because sometimes like for all ages means like, you know, aiming at 13 year olds with a couple of like jokes for the older for the parents in the crowd. Yeah. But at, yeah. at its best, it's it's it can be enjoyed by everybody. Exactly. Well, I hope we've convinced some people, at least at the very beginning, <laughs> you know, to give this a chance. Um, give it a chance. But I want to talk about your interview as well, which I was excited mm. to pass that along to you. Um, so you interviewed Dee Bradley Baker um, in a press conference virtual. Dee Bradley Baker, who voices all five of them, you know, with distinct Australian accents. He was quite um, as good. Well, yeah, as well as um, I believe it's Brad Raul. I think that's how he pronounces yeah, his name, yeah. and Jennifer Corbett. Uh, so what were some of your highlights from that interview? Because it sounded really awesome. Oh, it was, yeah, it was short, but like really sweet. Um, so I think one of the things that stood out to me um, was Brad Raul talking about um, comparisons to Rogue One. Um, someone mm-hmm. in the in the news conference um asked him about that and about how like you know it watch after watching the the first two episodes like it was um it had that you know kind of like emotional depth and um you have this like you know reluctant like ragtag soldiers and you Mm -hmm. know things like that and and you it's not really focused on these kind of grand characters like the jedi and the sith like you're you're really like honing in on the like the actual like fighters of this war or like one war to the next, I guess. So that was, um, that was a really good comparison. Um, And then of course, um, Dee Bradley Baker um, just talking about the, like coming back and voicing um, clone troopers again. And um, the the big differences between um, voicing some of the other clone troopers from the clone wars um, as opposed to like the Bad Batch, he talked mm-hmm. about how there's like a tighter like differentiation between their like their voices and kind of their ticks when they talk. And I think uh, both Brad and then Jennifer Corbett were um, talking about watching and listening to D. Bradley Baker voice them, and they're like, <laughs> it was is insane, you know, like it's just like That's magic. Cool. Like he just like seamlessly like pivots, you know, he doesn't. Uh-huh. He basically has a conversation with himself as five different characters. <laughs> so, which was, I, I can only imagine what that looks like. That's funny. Yeah. When I, I, I'll go ahead, Dan. I was going to say, like, I will say, like, as someone who, who hadn't watched the show before, when watching it, I was, like, if you hadn't told me it was the same guy, I probably could have believed it was different people because he, he, yeah. he was very adroit in his uh, work. Yeah. Uh, I was wondering that. I'm glad you put that in your um, your write up we have on Dork Side of the Force as well for more in that interview. Uh, but I was yeah, I, as I was watching um, probably the Bad Batch, I was wondering does he record the lines separately or like how does he uh, D. Bradley Baker do that when you have to go um, as Lamont says New Zealand accent more specifically um, that. <laughs> But what's funny for me is like after 70 minutes of watching that premiere, because it's a long premiere, 
Uh, so you really have yeah, to be was. into it if you want to commit. <laughs> it had me thinking in like that New Zealand accent. It's like, oh, I've got to get ready for bed and I've got to go clean my gun. I don't have to clean a gun. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> so it really sticks with you. Um, and even Omega has the accent, but that is not D. Bradley Baker. Just <laughs> full disclosure. Yeah. It, it could have been, possibly. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I also wanted to talk about, you were, uh, speaking about having this perspective from the clones and, um, I guess I should say, how do you feel about a series that's not necessarily focused on Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin and even someone who we've grown to love like Ahsoka, um, being the focus of a brand new spin off Like, is this bold for Star Wars to do? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and to be honest, um, so I watched, you know, Disney's Investor Day um, way last year, the year before, I can't remember what year it is, um, when they announced all of these new Star Wars shows. And at that point, I had not watched all of the Clone Wars. So Mm -hmm. when they announced the Bad Batch, I was like, oh, cool, like, we're gonna get another, you know, Star Wars animated series, which I'm excited about, like, that's cool. Um, But I wasn't like, when I learned more about it, I was like, okay, like I'll watch it. Like I wasn't like really, really excited Mm -hmm. um, until I caught up with the Clone Wars and watched those, um, their four episode arc in season seven. Um, I was like, these, these guys are great. Um, (laughs) And I I definitely think it's, I don't always say like bold for Star Wars to do. I definitely think that it's really catering to a specific like audience within the star wars audience so you know my my dad is not going to watch this like he is definitely the old school you know he saw star wars in 1977 you know type of guy um he watched mandalorian you know he liked it but he's not as like in depth um to like the animated shows and stuff like that so i pretty much tell him what happens i was like so this happened here and this happened (laughs) here um but there is like a there is a big audience for the star Wars animated series. And Mm -hmm. since I've like binged all of them now and like that audience and that community is just so fun because you just meet all these characters that some are Jedi, you know, or Sith. Um, Mm -hmm. but some of them, you know, like captain Rex, I'm like, Captain Rex is awesome. (laughs) You know, the troopers are awesome. And I think that once you really see them and especially with the Bad Batch that's focused on them, like you really, really fall in love with them. They're just fun characters, yeah. even though they can't, you know, wield the force. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of I appreciate the way that they are expanding this universe. And that can be a whole nother conversation about like the legends and, you know, how they could retcon some stuff and how some stuff is just completely abandoned. Um, but I guess, yeah, me appreciating when I like have not read any legends books it's it is kind of nice to see at least on screen this different perspective i guess and it's you really do in a way maybe have to be a little bit more of a hardcore fan outside of just the the um the skywalker saga to say you know oh i kind of do care about what's going on with the clones and i kind of do care about you know the other jedi um um you know like caleb and his story what happens how do they escape order 66 uh so I, I think I have an appreciation for it. It's taken me a minute to ease into it and kind of be like, you know, even like now I really love Ahsoka. 
I loved her arc um, and kind of I'm excited to see what happens in Rebels as well because I have not gotten to that. <laughs> Please excuse me. Um, but I wanted to <laughs> bring Dan into this again uh, because we have had talks about the expansion of Star Wars and yes, how viable it is and how even necessary it is. Um, and I don't mean to sum up Dan's, you know, feelings, but in a, in a nutshell, Chelsea, he His has crusade. kind of been, <laughs> yeah, he has been less, you know, receptive to this expansion of like, we've got what, like 10 Star Wars series, Ahsoka New Republic, um, all of these things, and a little more apprehensive about, is this too much? Um, so I might pivot. Hmm. Who should I ask first? <laughs> well, anyone can speak up because I want to know how are you feeling about animation in all of this? Is animation kind of part of this hindrance of this expanding Star Wars universe? Or do you think it fits into its own nook and it's not like this is too much? This is just the perfect amount of show. I don't mind the idea of doing an animated show at all. I, I think that's, um, again, like, my problems with the entire notion of a shared expanding universe from from the get-go like really any like i I don't blame disney for wanting to do it with star wars of course they're gonna want they're gonna want to copy marvel um i kind of like the idea like yesterday we we had a wick up discussion about all the new game of thrones shows and Mm -hmm. i'm i'm all for diversity like if you're going to go here and you're going to try and make this shared universe happen at least give us variety. Like, yeah, give us yeah. Um, a Mandalorian, like, kind of wandering samurai action show. Give us an animated show. Give us um, a straight drama. Give us a comedy, et cetera, and so forth. So, yeah, if if you're going to do it, which I'm not sure you should, but if you're going to, then I'm all for diversifying. Uh, well, Chelsea, did you... How do you feel about the whole, in general, the expansion of the Star Wars TV universe? Do you feel like it is just enough, or do you have some reservations about what's the future is it's hard to say like i i'm one of those i'm one of those fans where if like i become a fan of something like i'm gonna consume everything like i want to consume as much as possible Uh um and even though i might have like you know differing opinions on a certain movie like i'm still gonna watch it i'm still going to consume that um I personally, I like, I like, like Dan said, I like the variety. I like um, the fact that we have, you know, nine, you know, feature films, you know, plus, mm-hmm. you know, two, I guess, you know, more breakout or spinoff um, films. And there's more films to come and there's animated series to come. There's live action series um, to come. I'm all for it. I, if anything, I worry about, I guess, more of the casual fans who maybe don't um they're not like i'm going to consume every single thing star wars so i can understand the whole picture mm-hmm. um i i kind of have the same feelings with like marvel like the yeah. marvel universe there's just so much and 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 like me and my husband like we we are dedicated to watching you know the marvel films and everything but after a while it's like i feel like i can't catch up so i worry about I guess more casual Star Wars fans feeling like it's too much where they yeah. have to watch this show to understand this movie, to understand this other show, you know, things like that. So I, yeah. if anything, I, I want everybody to be happy and I want everybody to love everything <laughs> as much as I do, but I, I can understand where it can be 
confusing and overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I'm pretty much with you on that, um, where it is kind of like, we see now Marvel is creating that barrier to entry, where it's like, at first, if you didn't watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., that's not going to mess you up, or if you didn't watch Daredevil for the next movie. Now, when we do have things like WandaVision, Falcon, Winter Soldier, and Loki, it's kind of like, you do have to really, really keep up if you want to pay attention to everything else. Maybe it won't be like that. We still haven't seen any of the newer movies. And for Star Wars as well, we haven't really seen how that plays out. But just for example, like The Mandalorian Season 2 with Ahsoka, um, Bo-Katan, it's like, kind of need to know about them. They kind of did a good job of just introducing them without any background. Um, But yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like, it remains to be seen and only the future and time will tell. So, yeah, I think I've got all my questions answered unless Chelsea you have any concluding thoughts about or where do you hope where do you hoping for the season to go now that you well you've seen two episodes you can't talk about the second episode but where right, do you hope the season will go? <laughs> <laughs> um I honestly I don't know. Like I'm really I know that like Dan talked about he didn't necessarily like the inclusion of Omega um but I'm curious to see where I was that's lukewarm. going. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> like I obviously like this is set in a time where we kind of know how it ends. You know, it's mm-hmm. like literally like the day first days of the empire. Um so obviously like we know like what's going to happen in 20 20 30 years. <laughs> yeah. Um so that to me I'm like okay, I'm I'm interested in seeing kind of like how the empire takes shape and kind of takes hold around the galaxy and how the bad batch fits into that and the troopers and everything. Um, I am interested to see if star Wars is going to try to inject more of the like Jedi thing, yeah. uh, kind of like what they did in the Mandalorian season two, mm-hmm. um, which I'm fine with, but I, I it, it makes me go back to what I said about more casual fans feeling like okay like now we're getting to this part again when we should just you know focus on the troopers experience through this right. whole thing so when does luke skywalker show up yeah. to take one of the troopers away in a training yeah. mission it's, it's honestly <laughs> i don't know if i really want him to yeah like granted, well, very excited that he showed up in the mandalorian i could have done without <laughs> it not like mad about it but i i am hoping that this series really kind of focuses not on the force (laughs) yeah (laughs) i want i want like the normal people quote unquote normal people in the Mm -hmm. galaxy i want i want those stories and i think that the bad batch has like a great opportunity to tell those stories but will it take it stay tuned (laughs) exactly well yeah I love that. Thank you, Chelsea, so much. Um, this is fun. Yeah, if you if you guys have comments, let us know if you're going to be watching The Bad Batch. There's a new episode again coming out this Friday, and then the rest of the episodes will drop on Fridays. Um, they will not clash with Loki. Thank goodness. You know, we've got two days, one for Marvel and one for Star Wars. So <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much, Chelsea. And, you know, you're always welcome over here again. Of course. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for a lot, Chelsea. Me. This was fun. <laughs> <All right>. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Have a good one. All right. So thanks, Chelsea, for coming on, talking about Star Wars, The Bad Batch, airing now on Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. And now, Mia, why don't we pivot to um, another shared universe in another galaxy far, far away and back in time a long time ago. 
Um, HBO is getting out ahead of the race and mm-hmm. we've been giving you updates on the filming of House of the Dragon, the Game of Thrones prequel show for a while now. Matt Smith and company are on a beach. They're filming a scene. They're in the Targaryen finery and there have been leaked photos coming out and HBO said, you know what? No. Why should we have to let these leakers give these photos? We're going to release some glossy photos of our own, which I yeah. think is very smart. And, um, for example, we have this really, really pretty one of Matt Smith and Emma Darcy right up close. No need to squint. No need to make out like, who is that? What are they doing? That is the two of them as Damon and Rhaenyra Targaryen on a beach in the Targaryen finery in their bleach blonde wigs looking pretty good. And yeah. I'll start by saying this is smart because on Game of Thrones, they would have learned People are going to take pictures. They're going to swarm you yeah. whenever you're on a set. They're going to just snap, 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 and they're going to come out. Why not just take your own pictures and make them better looking and release them anyway? Mm-hmm. I think this is a smart move. What do you think, Mia? Yeah, we've reached that stage where it's like, you really can't hide these things anymore. You really, no. really can't, can't, can't. Um, and so I feel, yeah, I feel like you. it's another thing where you cannot pretend or be ignorant to what is going on as well like well, you know what matt smith pictures we don't know what you're talking it's like yeah get get the, <laughs> <What>? get, the <laughs> get the one up on them get the leg up on them have your own hq photos kind of describe what's going on without giving too much detail um no. and it's like yeah if it's there just it's it's kind of like that damage control take it and make the best out of it i mean like on game of thrones the they would even do things like film fake scenes toward the end. We're like, yeah, just distract people. And I was always like, what a waste of time. Like, what a mm-hmm. waste of money. Like, just and like, instead of trying to fool everyone, just embrace it and just yeah. um, put out your own press release, put out your own photos. I, I, I like that idea. If that's going to be what they're doing. We also got our first looks at uh, Olivia Cook yeah. and uh, Reese Ifens. I believe has a Welsh name um, as Alicent and Otto Hightower. That is uh, daughter and father. She is the wife of the king, Renera's father. She's the other side of the conflict. Um, wants her son on the Iron Throne. Renera wants her damn self to be on the Iron Throne. <laughs> and her father, Otto, is the hand of the king to Viserys Targaryen. So the gotcha. Ned Stark, the Tyrion Lannister, um, the Tywin Lannister, the kind of power behind the throne, and not to spoil it too much, but all I'm saying is people in that position don't usually tend to come to a great end, and uh, <laughs> it's kind of like the Game of Thrones version of the Defense Against the Dark Arts job. Whoever has the Hand of the King job, uh, <laughs> usually they don't really come to a good end, and he's not exactly an exception. I won't spoil the specifics. Um, they look pretty good. You know, yeah. they're wearing their kind of... Um, traditional looking medieval costumes i don't have anything like too revelatory to say about it although i did there was a thing on twitter i saw that apparently no one on game of thrones ever wore earrings um like Mm. just didn't happen and both her and rhaenyra and are wearing earrings so either they're changing up the fashion or maybe earrings were just in fashion this time in western history and they weren't (laughs) when we got to game of thrones that's possible too let the speculation begin i did like seeing that though it was kind of like the um leonardo dicaprio meme where he's like you know pointing at the television so i saw the caption (laughs) i was like oh those are the characters you've been telling me about those are the people the high towers 
<laughs> so it's nice to see them putting a face to a name. And I mean, I'm sure just for anyone who's familiar with the books, it's like they're actually putting a face to the name. Um, so these are these are exciting times. Yes. I'm definitely hoping that things, you know, that as, as, as the more that we look at them, the, the more it'll sink in. And then um, we'll know the characters well. By the time they mm-hmm. come into screen, we'll, we'll be familiar and have expectations. Although it's also good to not have expectations. It's also good to go in not and not really know exactly who they are and just see whether they do a good job of, of, of giving you a character you like. As yeah. Sean says, yeah. looking forward to seeing uh, Sonoya Mizuno as my Seria. We haven't seen her yet. That's true. Um, take whatever we can get. Love these new images. And yeah, they're great. I just wanted to bring up this last one was particularly interesting for a couple of reasons. This is Steve Toussaint, and you're not know if I'm saying these names right, as Corliss Valerian. And this is interesting for a couple of reasons. A cool picture. I like that. Mm-hmm. Again, he he's not Targaryen, but he is from that part of the world. He's from old Valyria, like the Targaryen. So that's why he has the not Targaryen, but he still has the, you know, the bleached hair, the, uh, yeah. the, the, the white blonde hair that is just the tradition of, um, I guess, Valyrians, ancient Valyrians. And so their house, he's a very important character. He's kind of the Lord. He joins Rhaenyra. He's on team Rhaenyra. He has a giant fleet. He's also the older version of the character who the, the, um, seven voyages show is going to be about. Yeah. Um, if they end up making that. We talked about it yesterday in Wick Club. And the other interesting thing about it is, okay, so in the books, he does have the white hair. They don't mention his race explicitly, although given like the fantasy default and the whole English setting, he's probably a white guy in the books. And they've chosen the cast characters of color to play him and his family. He also has sons and daughters. Mm-hmm. And we know there's one of the actors of color who are in those roles. And like other actors of color, like with the hair, which is like the yeah. dead giveaway, right? Like, yeah. that's how you know. <laughs> and I haven't, I, blessedly, I haven't seen much, like, any nasty discourse about it. I do worry, maybe, like, I guess, I, I mean, I suppose this is, like, an official thing. Because I think back to, like, when they announced, um, oh, no, I'm blanking on his name, as Finn in The Force Awakens. Oh, John Boy, yeah. Oh, thank you. Okay. Um, there is some blowback, and I wonder if you had any takes on this. Like, what do you think of casting people of color in roles where, like, you know, his race is not important at all in the book. Like, mm-hmm. it's not mentioned. He's probably a white guy just because it's assumed, but it's not mentioned. It's not important. And they're casting worse from color here to, you know, bring some diversity into the show. What do mm-hmm. you think of that, Mia? Yeah, I, I'm all for it in this instance. And you, this is an interesting day to, to, to bring this up because there's also been... The announcement of, you know, with the new Superman movie and they're going oh, to yeah, have a black right. Cal L. Um, and I've heard some interesting backlash against that, but not for reasons that you would think. And so I, I was like th- using that to kind of as a background with this. Um, so with the Cal L, people were a little upset with DC because DC does have other black characters um, who have mm-hmm. a black experience and, you know, are just black. <laughs> And um, I believe it's Calvin something. Sounds like Kal-El, but his name is Calvin. And he, Clever. you know, is a DC hero who I don't know much about him, but, you know, it, it is what it is. It's kind of like Spider-Man where you have Peter Parker, but you also have Miles Morales, who is right. black and Latino. Um, so with this, since the character doesn't really have any background and there are no real alternatives 
to, mm-hmm. you know, a black experience in Game of Thrones. There's not much you can do, but just say, hey, you know, we want we are just going to make this character a person of color because otherwise the story there would not would have not called for much. <laughs> yeah, anyway. <laughs> so I'm in favor of this. I don't um, see it taking away from anything really at all, except for I, I still find the hair a little weird, but I mean, it's fantasy, so I'll have to give into that. <laughs> I find the hair a little weird, too. I won't lie. There's something about it looks almost like a little more fantasy. I mean, but I, I'm used to seeing it on like Daenerys. I didn't really question that. But yeah, it, it, I, I'm glad you said it because it, it does look a little. Hmm. But yeah, I'm sure it'll look good when it's, you know, in motion, in context and everything. Yeah. And as Zozo Lamassi says, the wigs look so much better on camera than on the leaked pics, which I agree with. And yeah, I'm excited about that. I mean, Game of Thrones got some blowback um, for, you know, not having a lot of diversity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can always use the excuse of like, well, that's what the text was like. And like, it's true, but you're not making the book like you're making yeah. a TV show and you make a TV show in 2020, 2021. And you can take that into account when you're doing things like casting or blocking or writing or really anything. So I think it's a cool idea. I'm looking forward to seeing how it goes. And he is a very important character and his family's important character. So <laughs> yeah, it's a good awesome. way to sort of kind of cast, like hit a bunch of birds with one stone, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, they're also awesome. casting, I believe, an Asian actress as Myceria, who's an important character. And again, it, it's smart because this book is like, again, it's not, it's not like a novel. It's a mm-hmm. sort of fake history with generalized descriptions. So there's a lot of room for this kind of thing to come in and just sort of, you know, change a little, like tweak a little something here or there, or yeah. just use the space where there is no solid information and just fill in the detail and uh, make it all work. We also had one other picture I wanted to see. This is one of the not official ones. This was just uh, on the set, but I wanted to show it because it's Targaryen kids. It's little kids with bleach blonde hair. <laughs> a bunch of little Draco Malfoys walking around, basically, oh, is what some of the Redditors were saying. Um, what do you think of that, Mia? Because there are quite a lot of kids in this story. I don't know how many they'll actually end up having. I imagine some will be cut, mm-hmm. but there are a bunch of kids um, like Rhaenyra has kids, Alison has kids, and what do you think of the prospect of seeing a bunch of bleach blonde Targaryen and Valyrian, like, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve-year-olds running around doing their thing? I, hey, I mean, come one, come all. This reminds me of something, I, I don't know what I'm thinking about, where it's just like, there's no kids, it's only adults. I don't know if it's like a video game, it's not The Sims, <laughs> they have kids in The Sims, but, um... Yeah, I don't I don't mind, you know, as long as they do I'm sure they're doing kid appropriate things. They might swear oh, no, who knows. But, <laughs> well I let that them use one Aemon swear Targaryen. word each. We're pretty sure we think that the scene they're filming is when the one son of uh Rhaenyra gets in a fight with the son of Allison and ends up like tearing his eye out. Oh jeez. Like, what, what what do you mean the kids are kid appropriate? No, they're not. This is Game of Thrones. <laughs> They're going to do horrible stuff. Remember when Arya, like, killed the hell out of that guy in Bravos, or there's lots of Sansa scenes that were uncomfortable? No, the the, the kids are going to be doing some messed up stuff. But um, I'm sure they'll be well-supervised, taken care of. Oh, exactly. Um, And I mean, cursing, I guess, in, like, a fantasy thing, they can just make up some curses, I guess. Exactly. Well... I, I'm assuming those kids are well looked after, you know. I'm sorry to disappoint <laughs> you so harshly and so off the bat, 
but um <laughs> corrupting the children uh, no <laughs> I'm, I'm also not sure like so, because Game of Thrones, like, th- there were a bunch of characters who were very young, and they aged most of them up. Like, Daenerys mm-hmm. and Jon Snow are both, like, 14, 15 or something um, in the books, but they kicked oh, it up wow. a notch. They raised everybody's ages up. And uh, we are wondering if it's a situation where, like, these are, like, scenes in the first season that are going to be a little further back, and then you jump ahead some years, or they'll age some up. Because mm-hmm. some of these kids have pretty big roles and i'm going to guess they're going to cast a little older actors when we get to like the big actiony parts which do happen some years later but we will see yeah any other comments on house of the dragon game of thrones um, no it's kind of it's funny every, girl, every passing day i'm a little more excited about it so you've got a fan I think we're here. only going to get more images and information from here on out Moving on, uh, lots. There's actually quite a big week for news. The Last Kingdom got canceled on Netflix. I was upset about that. I mean, not, not upset, but um, or rather, it's going to be the final season of the last next season the is last, the final ooh. last season. This is like a medieval show on Netflix, pretty popular. We like it. Mm-hmm. There's a Green Lantern show coming. Uh, apparently, Doctor Strange was cut from Wandavision. There's a real live <laughs> lightsaber now. Lots of Wheel of Time yeah. teases. I did want to hit all the new marvel stuff before we move on to our what are we watching section because there's a bunch yeah like they basically released all their marvel's plan to take over 2021 2022 and 2023 we learned that the title is going to be black panther wakanda forever they put official title for that for 2022 Mm -hmm. we learned that the captain marvel 2 is going to be the marvels which i don't know if i like i feel like Again, it's big on franchise building, so they're going to have Captain Marvel, they're going to have Monica Rambeau, they're going to have Ms. Marvel. I I, I don't know. I kind of feel like you're not worth your own title, I guess. You're going to be the Marvels. (laughs) Um, And such things as this. Oh, we got our first Eternals footage, including Mm -hmm. Rob Stark, a.k.a. Richard Madison, as Richard Richard Madison, Richard (laughs) Madden, as Icarus right there, looking super heroic. Yeah, I was excited that they shared the Eternals footage because that seems so long overdue and everyone has just been clamoring for it. So it's kind of funny. It's like because these are all familiar faces like Angelina Jolie, uh, Kumail Nanjiani and Mike Chan. It was like I've seen all these people before, but to see them in this new context and it's a Marvel movie, it's very, very exciting. Um so there was no Kit Harrington in this, right? Just making sure I didn't it was miss like anything. Ten was, seconds of footage. No, they didn't oh, get around yeah, to him. Yeah, yeah. So it's not a. It wasn't a full trailer. It was this whole, you know, yeah. like, hey, look at all these things we've done, and look at all these a things that are reel. going to happen. Yeah, exactly. So don't forget, you're here forever, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yes, up through 2023. But yeah, excited stuff for that. Any other? Um, I don't know. I, I, for some reason, I assume I, I would be more excited about this. Any other things stand out to you? Any titles? Oh. Any dates? Or just we all knew it was coming. Bring it on. Yeah, it was. It was kind of a weird. Like <laughs> it was kind of like, why are you dropping this right now? Is the day before Star Wars Day and nothing like hmm. they've already announced these things, which was kind of weird. And um, in that trailer, they showed you more Black Widow footage. You're like, yeah, it's coming eventually. It's coming. It's coming. And uh, like I said, the Eternals was exciting. We've seen the Shang Chi. Um, trailer so it was really just another hype builder um but 
Yeah, I mean, I'm just excited overall. So I, there's not much more I can say besides that. And um, but the <laughs> the Spider Man thing was pretty interesting because I had oh, I had mentioned right. to you yesterday about this whole Andrew Garfield interview um, with uh, Josh Horowitz, I believe, and he you basically right. asked him like, "Hey, everyone thinks that you know you're going to be in the new Spider Man movie. It's called." Uh, it's not far from home, but it's, it's the, the other home movie, No Way Home, I believe. And some people are thinking it's just going to be this multiverse movie where you've got Tobey Maguire and they've already said Doc Ock is going to be in it and um, Electro and there's all these rumors and stuff. And they're like, are you in this? And Andrew Garfield was like, no, literally no one has called me. No one is saying that, you know, I'm going to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And everyone is like, oh, He's sure. Lying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sure, sure, sure. So I don't know how to feel about that. I want to take his word on it. Um, I don't. But yeah, everyone is like, that's why he's an actor because he's putting on such a great act. And we know all three Spider-Men are going to be in this movie. So that's still my hope. That's still my dream. Um, I don't think he should have (laughs) talked about it at length as long as he did. But it is definitely my dream to have like all three Spider-Men in the same movie. I almost feel bad for actors nowadays, like with this spoiler culture stuff, yeah. where it's it's all about keeping secrets. Like they didn't used to have to go on talk shows and lie. I'm assuming he's yeah. lying. I could be wrong, and then I'll uh, eat some crow. But I mean, it, it, it's 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 like a new phase of their job. I remember when Jon Snow died, and Kate Harrington had to go around talk shows being like, like which apparently hated. Um, it's a thing they do now, and I assume he'll be in it. I assume they'll all be in it. And I think they should all take attack from HBO and just 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 release images from now on. I think they should have just mm-hmm. released a glossy pic of Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire, and um, the main one, Tom Holland, all in yeah. their spider suits, give them the thumbs up sign like the first day. That's what I would have done. Just get out of the way. <laughs> St- and and the speculation. Yeah. But um. I, I seriously hope that that's what happens from now on, but maybe it'll take a while for because, because I feel like like since Game of Thrones, there's been this whole like spoiler culture surge, and now there are all these strategies that are just wasting all this time, and yeah. now there might be like a, a coming around to a new thing where it's just like give them what they want and they'll shut up. Exactly, because then it's like it gives you know like on our end if we're gonna be interviewing someone like Andrew Garfield, you know it's like people want to ask that question, and it would be awesome to at least tease it like if they were to give you a photograph and say hey here's all three of us together you can kind of at least tease a little bit more out of them like hey how do your characters interact what can we expect versus again wasting time on screaming like i don't know you'll have to see the marble snipers are pointed at me <laughs> don't make liars out of these professional liars <laughs> exactly i'm um, surprised to see Chris- the oh yeah go ahead read some comments i was gonna okay. comment as well okay. As Christian says, uh, anyone noticed the Fantastic Four reference at the, at the close of the Marvel trailer? I heard about it. I didn't actually notice it. What was it? It, it was just Fantastic Four logo. Like, it's coming soon. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll watch that. Um, as as I think Richard says, d- which I agree with, Dick and Look of Eternals, all that natural lighting, Selma Hayek on horseback <laughs> to story Chloe Zhao West. This actually oh. worked out nicely for Eternals because they delay it and then Chloe Zhao wins a damn Oscar mm-hmm. for Nomadland. And now suddenly this is like the most prestigious Superhero movie in history. Oh, yeah. And as Julie writes, Britannia's page posting lots of stuff, hinting at it returning soon, but not saying when. Foxtel is showing season two catch up. I can't wait for that. Yeah, sounds cool. And 
Ugh, I feel like I'm honor bound to watch Britannia at this point. I put it off for way too long. Oh, really? I shouldn't even say this because now there's pressure, but we'll see what happens. Yes. yes um, yes. Speaking of watching Mia, you watched anything else these days? Um, I have been buried deep in Star Wars right now. So if I want it, I couldn't watch anything else if I tried. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to pass this section on to you. Sure. I mean, I'm still watching Warrior. I still recommend it very, very heavily. Um, we just got caught up. So we're going to keep on going. The Nevers. I'm like, I just got new screeners for that. I'm looking forward oh, yeah. to that. I'm also... Okay, by but the you way... you got new screeners? Oh. Oh, yes. I got two new ones. Looking forward to it. You want to hook you up? I'm sure I can email them. <laughs> see if we can do it. I also... also so At some point, HBO Max became my most preferred streaming service. I watch wow. the most stuff on that. I'm watching that Q Into the Storm documentary. They have great documentaries on HBO Max. I really think so. Which is about kind of the QAnon phenomenon. Yeah. And like the weird sort of banal sociopaths behind it. It's really interesting. And then I'm also watching that Allen versus Pharaoh documentary series about um, the Woody Allen sex scandal back in like the I early 90s. Know. Wow. Oh, it's good. Um, and just like, you know, tearing down. It, it, it's part of like, it's like a post Me Too sort of tear down of this iconic director who sort of, who sort of like escaped during all of that, even though he, did things a while back yeah. that were very questionable at the time, but he kind of like got away with it at the time. This is like the reckoning coming back around. It's, 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 it's interesting and grossing, disturbing stuff, but I'm enjoying both of them a lot and warrior and it's all HBO max. I like, like, I like, I enjoy HBO max a lot. That's awesome. Yeah, I did. I did watch, um, Mortal Kombat last Wednesday because you watch that too. <laughs> yeah. I didn't get to share my review um on on this show, but wasn't for me. It was not for me. I, <laughs> I found some of the scenes very creative and uh maybe a little too gory for me on that front as well. If you're really into that stuff, then you know, all the more power to you. But um yeah, I was like, yeah, it's it's just not for me. I was surprised. I, my dad gave me his review. He was like, he really liked it. He, I guess, loves Mortal Kombat. So I was like, all right, I'll just let you have your thing. <laughs> I went back and watched like the opening to the 95 movie because I am old. And I was like, this kind of slaps like that song at the start. Like, this, <laughs> oh, yeah. this is better than the entire other thing. And Christian, yeah, I recommend it if you're into like uh, kind of a... um. For Q into the storm, a, uh, a a a sink into it engrossing documentary about the nerdy banality of evil. Anything else, Mia? You want to bring up before we wrap things up? Let's see, HBO Max released Tenant last Saturday. It was okay. Yeah, that's a long one. That's another. I never saw Tenant. I'm sort of <laughs> done with Christopher Nolan movies. I don't know. I feel like I saw a, a bunch in theaters, and they were all. I just didn't hit me the way. Yeah. I feel like they were hitting other people. The yeah. Dark Knight's this, great. This one is the <laughs> most Christopher Nolan movie to ever Christopher Nolan. So if is that it? turns you off, then don't don't bother. You watched it? You- yeah, I've seen it already. Yeah. Were you a fan? Did you like it? I I liked it just to have something to watch. I I am kind of a fan of his genre. Um, this one, but I I do think I this don't one he like was- him. It's just I don't know. <laughs> this it's one he that- was just a little bit too into himself, and it really just kind of you know pull down the whole house of cards so it's a toss up i might check it out maybe not probably not (laughs) um anyway thanks for watching everybody we are here every wednesday at 4 p.m central standard time on the winner is coming facebook page and the winner is coming youtube channel we are also available in podcast form on itunes google play wherever podcasts are available to listen on your commute those are happening again some parts of the country um your workout those are happening again some parts of the country 
Um, and you have a spare moment. You also have a, a star rating of as many stars as you can, if, if you'd like. If not, you don't have to, but you should, and you can. And hopefully you will if you feel so inclined. And again, every Wednesday, 4 p.m., live to join the discussion. Thanks, bon voyage, and have a lovely day, slash, depending on where you are in the world. Bye. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Fansighted. Join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between. Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers Stay Clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save big-